What a beautiful and unique experience to see that, that virtual choir. What, what amazing things can be done with technology. And you had members there. You had 10 people from our church choir. And you had, you had members from the Sligo church choir. And you had members from the Tacoma Park uh, church choir. And all of us coming together to, to make that music virtually. So, so while we're ungathered, it's nice that we can still do things like that thanks to the, the miracle of technology. I hope you were blessed as we sung that, as they sung that song of thanks. Today we're beginning a new sermon series, a little short three-part series, Jesus Loves You. We're going to look at it from this perspective. Jesus loves you, he's your creator. Jesus loves you, he's your savior. And Jesus loves you, he's your intercessor. And how each of those roles of Jesus speaks to his love for us. And they each tell us a different aspect of, of his love and illustrate a different aspect of his love. And, and, and the ways in which we can find that love within those various roles of Jesus. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for your blessings to us. Thank you for, for bringing us through another Thanksgiving season. And even though sometimes 2020 has seemed hard to be thankful for, Lord, I pray that each one of us will, will open up our eyes and our ears to hear your voice saying, I love you. And Lord, if everything else is, is, is all out of whack in this world, that remains the constant. Jesus' love for us. So as we think about that in the next three Sabbaths, I pray that you'll speak to our hearts. In your name I pray. Amen. Jesus loves you and Jesus loves me. And I know this because Jesus is our maker. I want to invite you to open your Bibles if you have them to Colossians chapter 1 and beginning in verse 15. The way I always find Colossians is I think of the little phrase that I have. Go eat pizza, Chad. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. So if I'm in Ephesians, I know that there's Philippians and then Colossians. Go eat pizza, Chad. Works out well with my name. So Colossians chapter 1 and verse 15. Verses 15 and 16. He is the image of the invisible God. This is speaking of Jesus. The firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. I was standing in front of the Visalia Church back in California when I was a pastor there with with tears running down my cheeks as I had shared with them what something that had happened just earlier that Sabbath morning. Christine and I, earlier that morning, very early that Sabbath morning, many years ago, had been at Fresno Children's Hospital with our oldest son, Dayton. Dayton was only two years old at the time. And the reason why we were there is because on the Friday evening before, the night before this Sabbath, while trying to retrieve a book out of a book box, Dayton fell. This book box was a large book box at my grandma's house that, that held all the children's books in it. And it was open and Dayton was running towards it to retrieve a book. And he fell and he caught his nose on the edge of the book box and it tore his nose, detaching his nose from this part of his nose from his, the rest of his face. That was Friday evening, and so early the next morning, he was taken in 
for plastic surgery there in Fresno to repair his torn nose. The surgery was quick, so, so quick in fact, and it went so well that we were able to take him home and I was able to make it to church in time to share with the congregation what had happened. And even though my son was fine at home and there had been no complications in the surgery, when I, when I shared with our church family what had happened, I could see in my mind's eye Dayton's face. I, I remember sharing with them, and as I was sharing with them, I could see in my mind's eye Dayton's face as, as the nurses took him back for the surgery. As, as he began to realize something was going on, and, and his face, there was a look of terror on his face, and he began to reach out for us, and he began to call out for his mom and his dad. And Christine and I were there trying not to cry, trying to be brave for him, but seeing that look of terror on his face. And as I remembered that that morning, as I was sharing with the congregation, tears started to come down my face. A loving parent has a special love for their creation. We don't like to see our our children suffer in any way. And the Bible tells us that we all exist. We were all created through Jesus. We are told this in multiple places. I just read it in Colossians chapter 1. But it also is in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, which says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. Without Him, not anything was made that was made. Jesus made everything. That last verse, I love how the Message Bible paraphrases it. Everything was created through Him. Nothing, not one thing came into being without Jesus. John chapter 1 and verse 10 also says, He was in the world and the world was made through Him. 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 6, all these are speaking of Jesus. Yet for, for us there is one God, the Father from whom are all things and for whom we exist. And one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things and through whom we exist. And then of course Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 2. But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, speaking of God speaking to us by his Son, Jesus Christ, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. By the way, those last two verses show us that, that both God the Father and Jesus Christ the Son were co-partners in our creation. They were partners in our creation. But when I think about how I felt that morning that Dayton had surgery, when I reflect on the other times that, that any of my three boys have hurt or suffered in some way, it helps me to better understand the importance of realizing Jesus as my creator. It helps me to better understand Jesus' love for humanity because you see, when I recognize that Jesus is the creator, when I recognize that Jesus is the one who made everything, who made me, who made my children, who made my wife, who made my friends, who made you. I can better understand Jesus' love for humanity. Psalm 145 verse 9 tells us, God has compassion on all that he has made. This is the same. God and Jesus, they have compassion on those that they have made. 
we see Jesus as, as our creator in these words he spoke just prior to his death. As Jesus looked out over the city of Jerusalem, he, he spoke these words, the intimate words of a parent. These are intimate words of a parent speaking over their children. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers. How often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. Jesus longs to protect us. He loves us so much. He longs to care for us. Now, now we sometimes push him away and say, we don't need you. But because he is our creator, there's this ache in him. There's this longing to care for us, to take care of us, to watch over us. I know that desire of being willing to do anything to protect your children. In fact, we know that shortly after Jesus said these words, he did the most amazing thing. He allowed himself to be taken to a cross and die. He was willing to do anything to protect his creation, to save his creation. I don't understand it at that level because I am not Jesus, but I do understand this desire to do anything to protect your children. We were at a baseball game in California, and after the game, the kids are allowed to run the bases. So I went out on the field with Dayton, and, and one of the rules is that you are not supposed to stop at any of the bases. But one of the other rules is that no kids over the age of 12 are supposed to be on the field running to make sure they're not running over the little kids. And so Dayton was only probably four years old at the time, and, and he's out there and he's starting to run the bases. But they somehow, some older kids, some, some teenagers had gotten onto the field, and they were running down the path as fast as they could come, and they were coming towards Dayton. And as Dayton got to first base, he got scared as he saw these kids surrounding him, this group of teenagers surrounding him. And he froze. He stopped on the base, and he just froze there, looking around at me, looking around scared of what was going on. And right at that moment, a worker there at the ball field, doing their job, but maybe doing it a little aggressively, began to charge at Dayton, came running towards Dayton, yelling, get off the base. You can't stop on the bases. And when he started to run towards Dayton, I started to run towards him. And we met just prior to the bag. And he went to reach around me to get towards Dayton. And I put a... With one arm, I tucked Dayton behind me, and with the other arm, I gave this gentleman a decent little shot to his chest, knocking him backwards. And he said, there's no stopping on the base. And I told him, back up. And he knew I meant business. And he backed up, and I got Dayton off the base, and he finished running the bases this instinctual desire to, to gather my son and protect him when I see someone running at him. I told that story once at another church and a person after church came up to me and told me the pastor should never tell a story like that. It's not appropriate for people to know that the pastor gets upset like that. So if that story offends you, sorry. I was a mother hen gathering her chick to protect him. That's, that's what... A maker does. That's what a creator does. My love as a parent compelled me to step in and gather up my son. Jesus as our creator is not just something we should embrace because it combats the idea of evolution. 
or to prove a point or to have our creation theory versus the evolution. The, the, the understanding Jesus as our maker helps us to understand his love for us. I'm flawed and I'm human and you're flawed and you're human and yet, yet we still have love for our children, for our grandchildren. Your parents still had love for you. How much more so than the one who is love? 1 John chapter 4 and verse 16 says, God is love. And Ellen White wrote, every manifestation of created power is an expression of infinite love. Every aspect of creation that, that Jesus did as he, was, as he was creating this earth and as he was forming this earth was an expression of his infinite love for you and for me. And get this, you, you, you are the crowning pinnacle of his creation. You are the crowning pinnacle of the creator. James chapter 1, verses 17 and 18. Whatever is good and perfect comes to us from God above, who created all heaven's lights. Unlike them, he never changes or casts shifting shadows. In his goodness, he chose to make us, listen to this, in his goodness, he chose to make us his own children by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, we, out of all creation, became his choice possession. I'm so glad that I have a creator that, that, that made so many amazing and beautiful things. There are so many splendor, uh, wonderful and, 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 and glorious things in this world in spite of all the sin that's here. And yet out of all that, Jesus says, the word of God tells us that we are the choice possession because Jesus loves you and he loves me. Everything that is beautiful still, even in this sinful world, was created for you. Like Ellen White wrote, every act of creative measure was an expression of his infinite love. An expression of Jesus' love for you and for me. This summer during COVID-19, my family has been spending probably more time outdoors than we have in a long time. We got a chicken house up and, and we put in a garden with a little help from our friends. And Christina planted all kinds of flowers and she specifically planted things to attract butterflies. And I've watched as, as all these things in nature bring such delight to my family. One day I got home and the, the boys came running to tell me that there was a cocoon for a butterfly or, or a chrysalis chrysalis or however you say it. I think that's the right thing. And they wanted me to go look. They were so excited by this little green thing, chrysalis, cocoon, whatever it is, hanging off of a leaf. They were so excited by this. And Jesus made that to bring them joy because he loves them. And one evening I was down taking care of the chickens and when I came back in, I'd been down there for quite a while. I'd fed them and done some watering and got the eggs, but I was down there watching the chickens. And when I came back in, Christina said, you were down there so long, the boys said, I think daddy loves the chickens too. And while I may not love them, 
I do stand there amazed by them and entertained by them. And then Levi, he loved to collect things from our garden. Christine would say, hey, can you run down and and get me some zucchini? Can you run down and get me some cucumbers? Can you go see if there's any fresh tomatoes? And he'd be so excited and, and the boys would go down there and they'd come back and they'd tell Christine about all that was growing. And all this was made by our creator because he wanted to bring joy to our lives. Everything that he made, every act of his creative power was an expression of his infinite love. The creator, Jesus as creator, is not an argument. It's a, it's a testimony of Jesus as our, lo- as our friend and one that loves us. The sovereign of the universe, Ellen White wrote, speaking of God the Father, was not alone in his work of beneficence, a big word for doing good. He had an associate, a co-worker, who could appreciate his purposes and who could share his joy in giving happiness to created beings. Why would you take joy in making the creation happy if you didn't love them? Jesus takes joy in making you happy because he loves you, because he cares infinitely about you. Jesus loves us. He made us. He loves us. He made us. Those things are tied inextricably together. Is it any wonder then that Satan wants us to forget Jesus as our creator? Is it any wonder that Satan has worked so hard to make the the theory of evolution the primary belief of humanity? If Satan can convince us that Jesus is not the ultimate creator, if when we look out at the world and we say, well, that just happened to get there, or that just happened to get there, or, or they just happened to get there, if we, if we look out at the world, then we lose an aspect of who Jesus is and see that every aspect of that creation is a, is a testimony of his infinite love for us. If he can convince us that Jesus was not the master craftsman behind shaping who we are and giving us purpose, then then he can get us to start to doubt Jesus' love for us. That's always what Satan's mission is. He wants to create in your mind a different picture of Jesus than who Jesus really is. Someone that loves you immensely. But not only that, he made us. But we also need to hold on with faith to the belief that Jesus made this earth. For us, we have marred this earth with great sin, but there is still much good in it. For some of us, Satan doesn't distract us from remembering Jesus as our creator through belief in some other theory of the universe. Some of us are distracted from understanding the greatness of Jesus' love by keeping us out of creation. Satan keeps us out of creation. Something again during COVID that I've, that I've come to appreciate so much as I look at nature, as I'm in nature more than I've been maybe in a long time, is that nature speaks to us of Jesus' love. But if I I'm constantly behind a screen. If I'm constantly indoors working, if I'm constantly uh, doing other things, then I lose sight of 
just how much Jesus loves me. The thousand screens, the video games, the social media. The more we succumb to these things and make these the huge part of our day, the less we are in nature. And the less we are in nature, the less we are reminded of our Creator. And the less we are reminded of our Creator, the easier it is for us to forget we are loved. I don't know if you've ever thought about it that way, but, but being in nature reminds you that you are loved. Being behind screens all day long could cause you maybe to forget that you are loved by a Creator. Ellen White, again, wrote, if men would give less attention to the artificial and would cultivate greater simplicity, they would come far nearer to answering the purpose of God in their creation. Why would she say this? Well, I believe it is based on this. Romans chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. In fact, I'm going to read it from my Bible. Romans chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. And it says, For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. Ever since the creation of the world. This text is telling us that people can gain understanding into who our Creator is. Maybe not the full picture, but they can gain understanding into who our Creator is through nature. Some, unfortunately, have then begun to worship nature, and that's not what we're saying. But if we keep it in the right balance, if we keep it in the right perspective, nature teaches us of God's love, and it teaches us of Jesus' love for you and for me. This great quote from the great book, Steps to Christ. God is love is written upon every opening bud, upon every spire of spring and grass. The lovely birds making the air vocal with their happy songs. The delicately tinted flowers in their perfection perfuming the air. The lofty trees of the forest with their rich foliage of living green. All testify to the tender fatherly care of our God and to his desire to make us his children happy. I've never been a huge nature person, but what I realize is that that I miss out when I'm not in nature. God created all of this outside of our walls to tell us he loves us and to make us happy. I think I preached a sermon here from this pulpit not that long ago in which I said something to the effect of God's less concerned about your happiness. He wants you to be joyful, but he's less concerned about your happiness and more concerned about your salvation. Well, you know what? I read these texts and I realize, man, I was way off base. If I sit inside all day, that's what I'm going to think. But, but if I go out in nature and I begin to look around, I will see every little thing out there testifies of God's love for me. Brothers and sisters, if we are never out in nature, if, if we do not acknowledge him as the creator of the beauty of this earth, if we never make our kids or we ourselves never leave our screens and go out into nature, we are missing the loud voice of Jesus saying and crying out to us, I love you and I just want you to be happy. Y'all, today my appeal to you is this. 
If you are a parent, look upon your children and think of how much you love these individuals you help bring into this world. And have faith that you have a creator, Jesus Christ, that loves you even more than you love your own children. If you are not a parent, you still have visible evidence of Jesus' love for you. All of us, I want to invite all of us to step out into nature, look upon the intricacies of nature, and have faith that a creator who made those things, made those things so that you would know you are loved. We live in an unloving world. We need to be reminded and have faith every day that Jesus loves me. And we sing the song, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Well, guess what else? I want to encourage you to get out into what has been referred to as Jesus' first book, Nature. And you can sing the song, Jesus loves me, this I know, for his creation tells me so. Brothers and sisters, embrace Jesus as your creator. Look upon his creation and fall in love with him all over again as much as he loves you. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for being the creator God, for being the all-powerful God. And in so many times we go on walks or we're out and about and, and we see beautiful things and we don't realize that in those moments it's you whispering to us through that creation, I love you. I love you. Lord, we're so busy. We're on so many Zoom meetings. Playing so many video games on social media so often. Lord, help us to pause. Help us to get out where we can hear that loud voice. of The birds. Or the fallen leaves crackling beneath our feet. And may we hear your voice. I love you. I love you. And may we believe, Jesus, with all our hearts that you are our creator and that our creator loves us. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for this. Teach us this each new day. In your name I pray. Amen.